there you are, or there you went. I, I don't know which as it is. I saw you for a moment, then the lights came on and you disappeared, and now you're back. Thank you for coming back. Hey, um, can I just tell you congratulations? I mean, you've made it through another Thanksgiving. You deserve a round of applause, right? I mean, let's face it, that is a major accomplishment. Some of us were able to walk away from the banquet table while others of us had to roll away from it. We've all managed to shake off the turkey coma and to endure the sugar rush that we had. We've been able to enjoy family, or some of us endured family that got together. And we survived college football rivalry weekend. Amen? We did it. We did it. We did it. Can I ask you a quick question? Does anybody still do Black Friday anymore? I mean, I know kind of November was Black Friday month, but, but there are a couple of you that do Black Friday. I, I've got a confession to make. I stopped doing the post-Thanksgiving shopping thing a couple of years ago. I got tired of all the pushing and shoving and the screaming and the clawing and the, the cursing and the fussing, and, and that was just at the Christian bookstore. So um, I gave it up. I'm done, right? Whether we like it or not, the holiday season has arrived, and Christmas is coming. For most of you, now that's a festive and a joyful time, going to parties, sending and receiving Christmas cards, uh, singing those old familiar hymns and carols, reminiscing about precious memories, baking our holiday favorites, shopping, gift wrapping. By show of hands, how many have your shopping already done completely? Boy, y'all are going to have to get on it. Wow. I'm among friends. I'm thankful for that. Who has your house already decorated? Okay, a few more. Who's been listening to Christmas music? All right, quite a few more of you. Y'all are the joyous ones. But there are some out there of you. This season is filled with all kinds of stress and anxiety. You're thinking about everything that you have to get done in the next few weeks. There's shopping to do and baking and parties. And to be honest, the thought of the holidays coming is kind of freaking you out. But yet others of you, you've had a difficult year. You've been jaded by a year of struggle and challenge, whether it be job loss or setback, financial issues or sickness, you name it, this year has been colored through the lenses of difficulty. And yet for some of you, some of you, this season has been anything and will be anything but festive and joyful. Your worlds have been turned upside down. You are hurting and grieving and numb. You don't feel like celebrating this year. Can I just tell you it's expected when you're battling such intense sadness and pain and sorrow yeah, Christmas is coming, but it won't be merry and jolly for you this year, and you wonder if it will ever be that way again. Your dreams of a white Christmas have been replaced with the blues. In fact, it may be quite a few of you here today that if you could go home and take a nap and wake up on January the 2nd, you would love that opportunity. Can I just tell you something? It's okay to own your feelings, whatever they may be. It's okay. If you're feeling festive and bright, excellent. 
If you're stressed out, that's your reality. And if you don't feel like celebrating at all, it is okay. In the Gospel of Matthew, right after the the advent of Christ, the birth of Christ in chapter 1, we get to chapter 2 where the Magi come to visit. And right after that, we see in in chapter 2, verses 16 through 18, a scripture that's seemingly out of place among all of these things going on. Here's, Here's the scripture. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Intense anger... The slaughter of innocent children, weeping, mourning, and pain. Seems out of place, doesn't it? These lines found so closely to the story of Christ's birth remind us that Jesus didn't come into a safe and sanitized world of candy canes and Christmas trees. No, he came into a real world of sadness, sickness, hatred, violence, pain, and loss. And so we need to remember something. Christmas is coming, but it's a reminder that we are not alone. That God has entered our world with all of its brokenness. And he has chosen to be Emmanuel, God with us. And he is with us no matter what. Let's face it. Life in this world can test our faith and leave us wondering if we've been left alone And if there really is anything beyond all this darkness and ugliness, difficult circumstances and tragic events may cause us to wonder from time to time, where is God? When the doctor says, your tests show something that concerns me, or a supervisor informs you that your company is downsizing and your position is going to be eliminated, you may find yourself asking the question, where is God? When our children make bad choices that break our hearts or when spouses tell us they don't love us anymore and are filing for a divorce, we may find ourselves asking, God, have you left me too? When murder erupts and violence and innocent people are killed, when natural disasters occur and leave destruction and devastation, many may wonder, God, are you there? When we're personally confronted with disappointment and pain of all sorts that are part of life in this real, broken, dark world, even the best of us may wonder, God, where are you? Jesus Christ is God's answer to that question. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And I thank God, i just be honest with you, I thank God that Christmas is coming, where we revisit God in a manger, deity wrapped in frail humanity, the eternal one choosing to live among us, showing us the way of God in this broken world, so that when we sit at the funeral service for a loved one, we can hear God whisper, I am here, I'm with you. And as we struggle to make ends meet at the end of each month, God assures us, you can count on it, I'm still here. 
And as we sit alone and watch the evening news and watch the world implode around us, we can hear God say, I'm here and I'm close. Listen, God may not give us all the answers we seek, but God will always give us himself. He will never leave us alone. That's his promise to us who call him Savior. I will be with you even to the end of the age. Yes, we've all experienced times and moments when maybe we didn't feel close to God or he didn't feel close to us, when we couldn't hear his voice or feel his arms of comfort around us. Recently, I've reflected on several of those moments in my life. Death of a sister, death of parents, cousins, best friends. In retrospect, where I couldn't see it in the moment, in retrospect, as I look back, I could see that God was there the entire time, holding me tight and holding me close. Much, of, much in the same way as I did with my children when they were infants. In moments of pain or sickness or discomfort or distress, I would hold them to my chest my desire was, even though they may not be able to look up and see my face, perhaps they could feel my heart and draw comfort from my presence. While their cries may have drowned out my voice and their restlessness may have kept them from experiencing the reality of my presence, I was there. And Jesus, our Emmanuel, has been there close at hand during the darkest of days and our stormiest of nights, holding us close. You see, God is always there, not just in a spiritual way, but in tangible ways that we can experience. The comforting hug of a friend, an encouraging word from a family member, an inspirational song we hear on the radio or a time in scripture where something just pops off the page and ministers to our heart. Those holy moments where God's presence is real, reminding us that he hasn't gone anywhere. You see, when the psalmist in Psalm 38, 18 proclaimed the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, you got to remember, and, and it's good to go back and remember that God is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The psalmist was citing God's presence as the source of that comfort. God is near to the brokenhearted. You remember over in Romans, Paul assured the church in Rome that nothing can separate us from the love of God, nothing in life and surely not even death. And then over in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, God tells us that he will be with us and he will never leave us nor forsake us. And God always keeps his promises. Jesus is a real savior born into a broken world, the broken world in which we live. And he dealt with disappointments and sadness and suffering and the grief that we experience. In fact, that was sort of the point. You see, whatever it is that we are going through, whatever it is that's interfering with our ability to celebrate Christmas, Jesus understands because he's been there. Or probably more accurately, he's been here where we are. Not just into a troubled world, he came into 
our trouble. He didn't just come to a grieving world, but he joined us in our grief. He didn't just come to a, a, a broken, dark, fallen world, but he came into our brokenness and darkness. Isaiah 53 reminds us that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and chastened for our well-being. And by his stripes, who were healed? We, we are. He's come for us. All that he's done has been for us and to restore us in the midst of this broken world. No, we aren't alone this Christmas. Emmanuel is here. But if you're having trouble getting into the spirit, the Christmas spirit, can I tell you something? Jesus isn't disappointed in you. And he's not critical of your faith. You see, Jesus always responds to us in our struggles with empathy. He offers himself to us through a promise. My child, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Listen, if you've come here this morning and you are dreading the holidays, and if you cannot bring yourself to celebrate this year, it's okay. It really is okay because Christmas is coming and it reminds us that Jesus came not only to be with us, but to set everything right. Isn't it amazing that, that Jesus came and the brokenness of the world, the Bible talks about the disciples being those who turned the world upside down. When a world has been turned upside down, and folks look at those Christians in, in their midst and they say, they're turning the world upside down. What are they really doing? They're returning the world to right side up. And that's what Jesus has come to do, to make things right, to take your darkness and make it morning, to take your turned over world and turn it back up, to take you and love you and restore you. And here's the promise. We may still have struggles and darkness and sorrows to endure, but there is a day coming where he promises he will take us back to be with himself and he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Christmas is coming. And I pray that you'll find the strength and peace in its observance this year because Jesus has come to destroy the works of the evil one, to give us a future with hope, to give us light in the midst of darkness, comfort in the midst of sorrow, and a peace that passes all understanding. So whatever it is that you're feeling this holiday season and as it approaches, I pray that you will embrace the Lord of this season just as he is right here, ready to embrace you. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you that Christmas is coming. And for those of us that are struggling, those of us who are dreading the holidays and not sure if we can celebrate it, I thank you that, that we can count on the fact that Christmas is coming too to remind us that it's okay to be where we are. Because you want to enter into that place and lift us up and remove us from this darkness. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here with us and that you will walk with us. 
and that you're here to turn things and set things right. While they may not be right now, God, you promised that you would make all things right. And so today, as we stand in the need of prayer, I pray that you would move among us. I pray for the heart that's broken the most and the heart that is so callous it doesn't realize how devastated it is. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would walk through the room, that you would minister to each and every heart and life, and that, Lord, you would do the miraculous among us. And maybe, just maybe, those who were dreading the holidays would find their hearts lifted and their mourning turned to dancing. And the heaviness of the season would be lightened because of your joy. I know it seems impossible, but you are the God of the impossible. And when you're involved, nothing is impossible. And so, Lord, would you come? Come to each and every one of us. And, Lord, I pray that if this isn't us, if we are one of those joyful ones, may we have particular empathy for those in our family, in our workplaces, our neighborhoods, for those that are struggling. And may we come beside them and be Christ, the hope of glory for them. And to give them the hugs and the space and the encouragements that they need to survive the holidays. And we'll be sure to give you the praise and glory because you're an amazing God. For it's in your name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.